Podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I am Jarrell, and I am joined today by Brandon. Hi, people. How you doing? And Kelly. Hi, everybody. Oh, uh, and uh, Ghost Christy, who is working <laughs> things from the back end, who fixed everything up for me because my my streaming services have been not working the way that I <laughs> want them to. But that's okay. Um, it's been a few weeks because, you know, life hits you hard sometimes. Uh, but we're here. Some of us are queer. It's the middle of, or the end of June. Um, so Wait, Pride hold on. That was kind of bars. Over. We are here. Some of us are queer. I like it. I like it. It's almost, uh, Pride Month is almost over. Um, we, Summer Games Fest is also over. Sorry that we didn't get to talk about it. Um, I will leave the floor open for us to talk about any, um, things specific that you want to talk about for Summer Games Fest, and then we'll just end with a very easy, hopefully, session of 20 questions and ride this bad boy out. Um, so, as far as gaming news goes, the biggest thing that's happened in June has been Summer Games Fest. Um, if you guys have anything that you want to talk about for Summer Games Fest, anything that really made you excited, any games that you saw, um, anything that hyped you up, now's your chance. Um, yeah, so, as far as the Summer's Games Fest, yeah, I'll just cover the what what it is when I get it right, Mike. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty good showcase. And Christy, she's saying Detective Pikachu Returns. That is not part of the Summer Games Fest. That is part of the Nintendo Direct, which we will get to. Which technically (laughs) is around the same time as Summer Games Fest. I mean... You're you're not it you're not in the wrong. same you're, you're, We're just gonna. You're, you're, you're not you're not you're not wrong. You aren't wrong. However, Nintendo is like Nintendo is doing everything they can to like have it within the June month, but also be like not part of that thing. Shh. But you know you're not wrong. Um, but no. So there was a few cool announcements. Like the um, one of the things that was part of Summer Game Fest was that Microsoft uh, showcase, which I thought was like one of the best ones they've done in years. They legitimately had like a, a lot of cool games in that showcase. Um, Starfield could be very fun if they if it's not bug ridden at launch, but it probably will be. So there's that. Um, I'm excited for that Star Wars game, Star Wars Outlaws. Um, I was now Jarrell, Jarrell and I were on a call when that when that um when it was on the mic because I think it was on the Microsoft thing they now they initially announced it. And Jarrell will tell you that despite my love of Star Wars, that trailer kind of pissed me off a little bit because it was like only a cinematic trailer. I was like, listen, listen, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm tired of these motherfuckers out here putting only cinematics in gameplay trailers and not showing me no gameplay, especially when it's a franchise I really care about. So I'm like, where's the gameplay? And then they were like, there'll be more in the Ubisoft 4. I was like, okay, cool. So I watched the Ubisoft 4 and saw the gameplay reveal. And I, I'm very excited for that now. I think that'll be a very fun game when it comes out next year. Um, it's going for the open world thing. There'll be decisions you can make. Um, you can choose to, to take battle stealthily or guns a-blazing. I think there, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I need to see a little more, but right now I'm, I'm very excited for it. Even Avatar's Frontiers of Pandora also looks pretty good. I like the approach they're going with it, where it's like a, it's like a Navi that was trained by humans, so they use the skills of both humans and Navi. I think that's a very good approach for this for this game, honestly. Don't know if I'm going to get it yet. I still think I need to see more of that one as well. But um, it's looking a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I think the concept is pretty cool. Um, 
Prison Predator looks uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, no, just those those are the main highlights. Sonic Superstars could be cool too. And um, are are we including the Nintendo Direct, or is that going to be yeah. separate for real? Well, damn it, now I got to pull up the list. But it's Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I will say, is um, is probably I'm, I'm more excited for Super Mario Brothers Wonder than I have been for any 2D Mario game lately because they all been kind of stale lately. Not gonna lie. But Wonder definitely looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Excited for that. Mario RPG is the thing I was most hyped for. I actually really enjoyed that on Super Nintendo. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, playing this remake. I'm probably going to do a stream playthrough of that, to be perfectly honest. Pokemon DLC, glad we finally saw a little bit more of it. It's coming sooner than we expect, which is nice. Um, Excited for Persona 5 Tactic. I'm definitely playing that on Switch. That got announced like sooner, but uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention Persona Three Reload next year. That'll be cool too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's I, I think that's pretty. I think I've covered the ones that I really wanted to talk about. So whoever wants to take the floor next is welcome to. If I if something comes up, I will chime in. But I'm good for now. Well, um, for me, uh, it was a great summer game fest. I think a lot of games were announced. I think everybody had something for like everyone. I like I can really say I've enjoyed games this year, and I'm looking forward to what's coming up. Um, I can only remember four games from the whole thing, of like all three days, which should tell you something, people. If your game is not. If I can't remember it, I wasn't good enough. Um, one of them that I remember was Foam Stars, just because we all thought it was just another Splatoon, but apparently our wonderful friends who've gone and played it have said that it's way better than just a Splatoon clone. Um, mm-hmm. The other one was that cat game. I don't know what it's called. It's like the Pirate Cats. It was the cutest thing oh, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I want Cat to play... Quest of the Caribbean or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Like the best game yeah. ever invented ever 100%. I need that game. Uh I'm, the I'm other two the right um I found out that uh along with everyone else that Princess Peach is getting her own game finally and I was like why has it taken so long? I'm super excited to play the singular Peach game and her magical girl glory. Sorry. If I may interrupt for a brief second. Um this is apparently a series, Cat Quest. Oh. This is this is this is just the latest game in this series because there's a Cat Quest, Cat Quest Two, Cat Quest Three, and the fourth one is called Cat Quest: Pirates of the Caribbean. As it should like, be. That's this, how you get people. This, oh man, I I, I'm a I didn't know. I didn't know that there that this had layers. That there was a depth to this. That there was more out there. Oh boy, wow, that's a nice surprise. No, that game looks super cute. Yeah, uh, Peach. Is oh yeah, and the Princess Peach game, game also yeah, looks really good. Can't wait to hear more about it. I don't care about Mario, but like, I found out Peach was getting her own game, and I was like, "Bitch, let's fucking go!" I'm so excited. Um, and of course, the biggest announcement for me was uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer, which just oh, blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Next yeah, best game coming out ever invented ever. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Um, Kelly, did you have any that you saw that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Great. I just looked through the list, and there was a couple things that looked interesting, like the John Carpenter collab. Mm. What is it called? It looks like a scary game, but I don't know. It's I don't know. I've been very focused on other games. 
Oh, like Final yeah. Fantasy XIV. So. <laughs> yeah, totally fair. That's the struggle with MMOs. Like you don't play anything else. When you start playing an MMO, like that's your focus. Um, that's why I haven't started again because I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Uh, but that's great. We can move on to news. Uh, so this is uh, from the beginning of the month, kind of. We just haven't been able to talk about all of this. So I'm gonna try to pull up the biggest stuff that's happened throughout the month since the month is over. So by the time you guys are listening to this in June, since we've neglected all of you and LGBT month and all that wonderful stuff, you're just gonna get a an amalgamation of a bunch of really big. When the, when the world stuff. when the world needed them most, they, they vanished, vanished. <laughs> <laughs> during Pride Month. They vanished. Um, so, Call of Duty removed the FaZe Clan member Nick Merck's skin from the game after anti-LGBT comments during this month of Pride in July. This ended up with, um, this... So, they removed his, uh, skin from the bundle from the Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone store, and they said that they are focused on celebrating Pride with their employees and community. Uh, because he said, uh, there was, uh, someone commented and said, this happened four blocks from my Overwatch League apartment. Americans are in a sad place right now. Let people love who they love and live your own life. In a response to an anti-LGBT protesters, um, attack, pro-LGBT demonstrators outside of Glendale, California school board meeting. I said that in a really weird way. Basically what happened was, um, anti-LGBT protesters attacked pro-LGBT protesters. It happened down the street from this person who made a comment saying that happened down the street from me. Let people live and love who they want to. And face Nick Merckx commented on that and said they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue. I see you didn't know what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. He said they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue. And, um... For anyone watching, uh, you saw Kelly's reaction. That's pretty much all of our reactions when we found out that that's how um, horrible and disgusting his comments were. Um, Activision Blizzard went on to remove his uh, skin from the game. And that was the content there. And um, then Tim the Tapman was like, move mine too, because I'm going down with him apparently like anyways and then they I said no okay sure and they did i had no idea what he said that's pretty uh it's not what i was thinking it was going to be yeah pretty bad pretty bad stuff yeah it's pretty bad pretty bad stuff and as you mentioned yeah Tim the tap man said remove me too and they said okay and they did uh they also removed him <laughs> um and you know this one like I really think they didn't have a choice but to because you can't not like it's one thing to be anti-LGBT right but it's another thing to call an entire group of people uh, insinuating an entire group of people is uh, 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 pedophilic because of what you're saying so like that is there I feel like there's a point where you kind of have to make a stand so Blizzard kind of really didn't have a choice um, plus they decided to do this Overwatch 2 event this their LGBT pride Overwatch 2 event which they didn't do a lot of people were mad because they didn't do it worldwide because um there were a lot of countries that they didn't run the event in uh because there are countries that are anti-lgbt which is so interesting to me that you can because uh, a lot of a lot of overwatch 2 fans were like hey this is the game that has the most lgbt representation like we we're expecting this this is what we were looking forward to and if i can't celebrate out loud i could at least celebrate in a game that i love but then they couldn't even do that so it's been it's been rough um 
Yeah, uh, do you guys have anything to say on that before I move on? It's pretty shocking, but get on this making the right move. That's pretty much all I got on that. Well, um, on a lighter note, data shows that uh, most Switch owners are women. And uh, as you can expect, on a less lighter note, gamers reacted very poorly to that yeah. information. Um, but yeah, most Switch owners are women. Um, it reveals that 45% of Xbox owners and 41% of PS5 owners are also female as well. That is, first of all, one awesome. Second, I hope that people are able to look at, at, at these statistics and understand that uh, gaming is much wider than people think it is, just because I know that, or I'm assuming, that a lot of women don't go on voice chats and talk to people because they can get harassed. But like 45% of PlayStation 5 owners are females. You want you know why they're not talking to y'all? Because y'all are creeps and you're fucking weird. So stop being weird creeps so everybody can enjoy games together. Um, that just means like so many. I that just like I when I read those stats, I was like, there's so many. There's so much untapped potential in video games when almost half of owners are like female. But you just have all these ugly ass dudes you gotta run around as that's why I like Final Fantasy because the boys are at least pretty it's true <laughs> the, the, the 7 series and 16 have had some very attractive people <laughs> I got into an argument recently um, about because I said because I was talking to some people and I, we were we were ranking uh, Final Fantasy characters by hotness and I was like, oh, wow, y'all just like all the ugly generic white guys, and they're not even hot. And then when they asked me mine, I had Sephiroth in my list, and they said, because Sephiroth was in my list, I, my entire list was null and void. Yeah. Anywho, so yeah, that's listen, that. Listen, listen, Sephiroth is built different. Sephiroth is, exactly, that. I was like, it's not the same. Like, he's not it, the it same. It is not the same. Um, and then I went on like, to talk about his look, uh, hair like, care. Look at this absolute unit here. Ah! Yes, I have my. I, that's the first amiibo I ever bought. Is Sephiroth? First ever? Wow. First ever. I never bought any of them because I thought they were useless. Um, but <laughs> it was Sephiroth, and I had to buy him. And he's still in the he's still in the, the case because he's still useless. Um, anyway, uh, Liam Robertson at Doctor Cupcakes uh, tweeted: "Don't be suckered into buying Activision Blizzard's performative wokeness for Pride Month." While Call of Duty and Overwatch virtue signal, their literal CEO funnels huge amounts of money into backing anti-LGBT politicians. Um, this is from an article at uh, Politico titled, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick spent big money to back GOP campaigns through another LLC. Um, and the article is also at CNBC.com. And it was basically just talking about how he used a bunch of... Um, he has another LLC that he used to donate big money to Republican campaigns with. Um, they contributed more than $500,000 through two separate checks to the Senate Leadership Fund during the 2020 election cycle. Um, and they reported that another coded company, uh, LLC, has also been giving big donations to more Republican causes. And um, basically they're just like, yeah, Overwatch is removing uh, the FaZe Clan member and they're doing this. I'm sorry, Blizzard's removing the face clan member, and they're doing this whole thing about, like, oh, yay, LGBT, and yet their CEO is donating more than $500,000 to um, anti-LGBT politicians um, for Republican-backed campaigns. Um, yeah, that was a thing. 
I'm gonna move on unless you guys have anything to say about that one. I just want to say that, like, unless he's using like Activision Blizzard's money, what does it matter? We know he's a shitty person. We've established that about his character in the past, about how he knew about allegations and everything. Like him personally contributing, that is not a surprise at all. Why is that person like, don't give them the money? He spends his own personal money or LLCs or whatever, if they're not affiliated with the company, it doesn't matter. I, whatever, I digress, but I'm just, it's not like he's, it's not like the checks say Activision Blizzard on them, right? I don't. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Anyways, just, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're actually completely correct. Um, it was two separate LLCs that uh, he was a part of, so um, as far as we know, it's him not affiliated with uh, Activision Blizzard at all, but I guess, I guess he makes money and from that's the... what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> like at the end of the day, he is the you know his money is coming from um, Activision Blizzard. So I for now, uh, probably for a long time. Because remember, he said he was gonna leave if Xbox bought them, and then when Xbox didn't get to buy them, he was like, "I'm not going anywhere." So <laughs> like, he might not go anywhere. We'll see. But you're right for now. Um, Coca-Cola also, while we were away, launched their first gaming flavor. That, according to uh, <laughs> some people, that I just tried hear it, gaming flavor. I just this sounds disgusting. I'm sorry. Continue. It tastes like XP. Take from that information what you will. For the first time Coca-Cola has partnered with a gaming company, introducing a limited edition plus XP, XP flavor of its ultimate zero sugar drink. This is from GameStop.com. Of course, um, GameStop.com. But I have a question. Yes. Why is this Coca-Cola doing this and not Mountain Dew? Because if Mountain Dew is doing this, I mean, it would at least make sense. The fact that Coca-Cola is doing this makes even less sense to me. Well, because uh, Mountain Dew is already product? a gaming flavor, you know? So that's what product? I'm saying, like more synergy. Just like now you're making a straight up drink that tastes like XP. I it's think... not, I, 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 let me let me be clear. I'm not phrasing this like this is a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's just something that you would expect from Mountain Dew and not necessarily Coca-Cola. I think saying. what Kelly's saying is that because Mountain Dew is already an established like gaming flavor, so you would just use it again. I think that's what like like. So what you're saying is like Coca-Cola is like, oh man, we we're, we're losing mind share on this gaming on the gamers drink. Well, we yeah, because Mountain Dew I think is owned by Pepsi, uh, and Pepsi okay, and yes. Coke are rivals. I mean, I only go by the shape of the bottles, and Mountain Dew and Pepsi have the same shaped bottle, and Coke is like a different one, like Sprite and Coke. Like there's different ones. Like Coke makes Dasani water. Well, Gross. Okay, um, well, they don't make it. They don't make it, but they bottle. Anyways, it's by Coca Cola. But yeah, I think that Coke finally was like, "Damn, our soda's better. We gotta get it on this gaming thing." Facts. Okay. I, I, I I'm sorry. I, Coke I, is better. I, I said it. I'm sorry. No, you're, no, you are correct. You are correct. You're correct. What I was about to say was, um, I don't know if I'm adventurous to try this XP flavored Coke. I just don't. I have a coworker that anytime they come out with like a new Coca-Cola thing or a new Lay's, anything snack related or drink related, he tries it. And he does the first taste test. And if he says, oh, this is not bad, he'll let me try it. If he says it's bad, he's like, Brandon, don't suffer with me. <laughs> Honestly, I 
love the flavored Cokes. I get them. And the coffee Coke, so good. It's so good. good. It's really? good. Yeah. And I hate how good it is. It's really <laughs> All right. good. All right. Well, someone, someone actually knows endorsing it. I got to try it now. Yeah. Can, uh, it was also for League of Legends. Uh, the collaboration The collaboration was with League of Legends. Um, and you can oh, well, then I, I take back what I said. Wow. <laughs> Just you can unlock ultimate emotes. Um, you get new missions. You get assists in the game. You earn 12,000 gold in a single game um, and, and emotes and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it ended on July 18th, I believe. Um, or at least the in-game events. I don't know if they're still selling the Coke, um, but I guess if they aren't, we have all missed a chance to taste what X Jarell, it's, it's only June. You oh said my Jill god! <laughs> There's still time, guys. Now what, I don't know who I don't know I don't know who makes Doritos, but now they have to see what's happening and be like, "This is our chance. We can make some XP flavor chips." Or, or they could get they could make like a like a contest out of it. If you find the bag with the Dorito that's shaped like the word XP, you win what? a prize. <laughs> Um, yeah, Someone so doesn't look time. that ad, they just eat it. I was like, oh wow, this is where shape the flavor is shaped. Continue you know what on the <laughs> What's weird, Jarrell? Um, ooh, I don't know her name. But the wig on that girl in the, the live action Naruto film. Really I think you mean bad. One Piece. Oh, that One Piece <laughs> <laughs> Naruto. Oh no, that oh, One Piece what? live action. Yeah, oh yeah, that trailer happened in the, in the time since <laughs> we, um... One Piece live-action trailer from Netflix! What's her name? What's the character's name? Luffy? No, Nami. Luffy's the guy. Nami. Yeah, that, that, they tried my, they tried my girl, because that wig looked <laughs> a fucking mess. But yes, the uh, trailer has been shown off for, um, One Piece by Netflix, the live-action. Brandon, give me your thoughts. Sure. So I'm coming. So for context, I'm coming into this from the perspective of someone that is completely caught up on One Piece. God help me. But yes, um, watching <laughs> the live the live action version. Um, so it seems to be based on for, for One Piece fans. It's going to be based on the East Blue Saga, which was like the first major saga of the series. Um, I I had a lot of trepidation with this, if I'm being perfectly honest, because quite frankly. Quite frankly, the live the track record for live action anime to live action adaptations has been quite poor, quite poor. Let's just be real. Like I ha I, I I can name on the I can name one hand the ones that have actually turned out well. But what gave me hope is that the creator of One Piece himself is like was like highly involved with the production of this, and the guy who's actually um, <clears throat> directing and producing this series is a is a big one piece fan he has gone on videos with one piece youtubers and talked about current events and he knows his stuff so that all gave me hope then the trailer came out and i think it could still go either way but i'm actually cautious but i'm but i'm cautiously optimistic i thought the trailer actually wasn't that bad one thing i think they could work out is the cg which was my biggest worry like one piece like there's some fantastical stuff that happens in that series so you need to get that cg right and i think the giant they showed a giant monster in that trailer that looked fine luffy did his gum gum stretching technique that that needs a little more work they, a little more um they could they could probably do some more um adr with that one but uh it's going in a slightly different direction for one piece but overall it seems to be following the material i like aside from nami i like the costumes 
one one character in particular, Buggy the Clown, which is like one of the early villains of One Piece, looks both hilarious and terrifying, which is exactly what Buggy should be. Like he's a clown, so he looks funny, but he's also super fucking terrifying. So I thought he so I thought a good job with him. So no, I th- I, th- I think there's a there's potential for this live action One Piece. I I haven't had hope in a live action anime adaptation in a very long time. But this one actually gives me a little bit of hope. I will tune in on August and see how it turns out. And I will talk. I will tell you on this podcast if I think it's good or not. I can't wait to hear what you think. I want to watch it. I don't think it looks that bad, but I also don't know anything about One Piece, so my opinion. I think, but I, I, well, you know, I think there's benefit in that too. I, th- I think there's benefit in both One Piece fans and non-One Piece fans to watch this because it gives you two entirely different perspectives. Let me tell y'all something. Um, Avatar. We also got also got like a live action trailer. I'm not going to talk about that because I haven't seen that. But I will say this: I watched the movie The Last Airbender before I watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, the series proper. Oh no! And, and initially, I saw the movie. I was like, "That eh, was all right. It was okay." And then a few years later, I watched the series and I'm like, "Oh shit! That movie was trash. Mm-hmm. That was garbage." Like when I realized like what they had done, I'm like, "Oh my god! What? <laughs> the, yeah." So. There's that. <clears throat> it's just it hard to... Be... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just hope that it doesn't become a product that the only people who can enjoy it are not with these fans, is I guess what I'm going at. Uh, what were you going to say, Kelly? No, I'm just... It's hard to, like, capture the novelty of anime because, like, the faces and everything, like, you can't do the same thing live action. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender is, like, silly and cute and my cabbages and whatever. Like, you can't... <laughs> recreate that and uh, also like it's a cartoon so all the really dark subject matter like war and like sadness and everything i don't know in the in a movie it's just like really sad yeah. <laughs> and in a cartoon, yeah. it's like teehee <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's hard to capture it but yeah it is that, and that's the thing about adaptation i think that a lot of people just don't understand um if you're doing an adaptation of anything it doesn't matter if you're translating from one media to another, one form of media to another. There's gonna be changes. There has to be changes because what worked in a book is not gonna work in a television show. What worked in a video game is not gonna work in a movie. What worked in an animated thing is like you, you get it. There's there's got to be changes because to take to, to uh, adjust for the fact that it's a different medium or that there's less runtime or more runtime, what have you. There has to be changes. It's just part. It's just the nature of the you know. It's not like it's not like copy paste drag and drop it's there's got to be changes you just hope that as a fan of the existing franchise that is watching the new form that it is that they've made the right changes that makes it still feel like that that series without it like killing what it is like you don't you don't necessarily want a hard reboot all the time i mean sometimes hard reboots can be good but more often than not if it's an adaptation you kind of want to honor the source material while doing your own thing well speaking of changes um let's talk about some changes over at um xbox um xbox chief phil spencer says quote every time we ship a game on playstation sony captures 30 percent of the revenue that we do on their platform and then they use that money to do things to try to reduce xbox's survival on the market uh, also, this has been an ongoing thing as they are um, going to court daily uh, about this <laughs> FTC thing to acquire um, 
Activision Blizzard. A lot of people were really upset with that. Some people said, well, hey, you guys did the same thing with Sony, so they're doing it back to you. You can't be mad. That's the, that's the way the game is played. Um, but then other people are upset because there are conversations during this FTC situation in which they are uh, told that they're going to be forced to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, which is something we've talked about on, the, on mm-hmm. this podcast already. And he's saying, look, if I'm forced to keep these games on there, uh, 30% of the revenue that they make that they're keeping is going to be then sent to more exclusive games that they get to keep that we don't get any revenue from. So it's kind of not fair. Um, Also, court documents have revealed that Bethesda executives are frustrated at being told to make their games Xbox exclusives when Call of Duty was remaining on, on PlayStation. Um, I know that we talked about specifically I think there's a story in here that I have on the docket which I might not get to because we're running out of time but um, I think there's a story on here that talks about how Starfield was also uh, originally meant to come on PlayStation and Xbox before the Bethesda acquisition I could be wrong don't quote me on that Um, but this goes into wasn't that the quote like it was just like Bill Spencer found out that Starfield's in PS5 exclusives. Like, oh, hell no. Give me Bethesda. Oh, I don't know. That's what I thought, like, uh, a little behind baseball for everyone watching the podcast. We do have, like, a podcast notes channel where we just, like, gather what we're going to be talking about in the podcast. And I thought that's what I read on that chat, that it was just like, um, when Phil Spencer found out about, you know, Starfield being exclusive, that he just turned up uh, Bethesda. Also, while you're looking that up, there are a few messages that came up on chat that I'll just read out real quick. Blocker is on chat. He says, that movie was an absolute disgrace, <laughs> referring to The Last Airbender, uh, saying Last Airbender show is S-tier, The Last Airbender movie, negative F-tier. Yikes. <laughs> um, and saying, if you need to carry a torch to be able to fire Ben, scrap the whole movie. Can't, can't agree more. Also, an earlier message, Chrissy, when we were talking about Seth Brown, said, he used an entire bottle for his, his bottle of shampoo for his, for his hair. hair. That's canon, by the way. Yep. That is 100% canon. Sephiroth used an entire bottle of shampoo for his hair. Crisis Core side quest confirmed that. I'm like, God damn. That's how he keeps that hair so luscious, I guess. Um, but yeah, this this uh, this is very similar to Arcane's frustration with being purchased, and they were making Redfall for also PlayStation, and then being told to scrap it because you can only make it for Xbox. Um, Bethesda is now just like, why is Call of Duty special? Um, they weren't clear why its owner's approach to Activision was the complete reverse of their policy for Starfield and The Elder Scrolls VI. Um, and they just want to, like, they want to understand what the difference is. And there were some emails, there were court emails that revealed that Bethesda was confused at Microsoft's special treatment for Call of Duty um, as opposed to their uh, situation with Starfield and um, The Elder Scrolls. And of course... You're going to make less money when you're not on both consoles, like, period. You're going to have less yes. players. You're going to make less money. And, um, where, uh, what time is it? Okay. 8.24. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it looks as if nobody at Microsoft told Bethesda beforehand of its non-exclusivity policy for Call of Duty. Um, and they're not very happy about it. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. Knowing that uh, your game was going to be multi-platform and then it wasn't, it's like, well, uh, we're, we're stuck to one platform now, but hey, at least that's happening everywhere else. And then you find out it's what not. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why are we on PlayStation? My money! Says with uh, the Todd Howard, I guess. I feel like 
I would be upset if I was Bethesda, but like I don't think that they're on the same level as like Call no. of Duty. I mean, no, right. it's you're basically right. a household name. I mean, people that right. don't even know any video games know Call of Duty. Like, oh yeah, you're right and, about that. But I still I agree with Bethesda. Like, they should definitely be on all platforms because you just make more money. I guess they're gonna use that as like their ace in the hole to sell consoles. Microsoft is. I don't know why they would make them exclusives, but um, I think it's just kind of funny that they're like, oh, we want the same treatment. Like, oh, honey, no. We acquired well, you for so much less. Like, well, I, I don't know. I, I also think about this. Um, you're 100% you're right about what, everything you said, Kelly, that Call of Duty is a, is a household name that even non-gamers know what that is. But not for nothing. It's obviously not as big, but Elder Scrolls does carry quite an name. Well, I would say Skyrim more than Elder Scrolls. Yeah. But, but Skyrim but, has lifted the Elder Scrolls up. Like nobody would. I never knew what the Elder Scrolls were were until before Skyrim. Skyrim. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So the idea of um, you know potentially Elder Scrolls Six being Xbox PC exclusive would be huge just for that reason alone. When Skyrim was literally ported everywhere, including that. I, I, I don't even remember if this is a meme or not. It's like, didn't it get poured into a fridge? <laughs> uh, yes. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't an Alexa port for Skyrim. That is actually real. That's real. It's not obviously the same game. Basically, you, like, Alexa talks to you, and you basically have to, like, say commands to, like, make almost kind of like a, almost like a radio game, kind of. Like, oh like, like, orc comes and attacks you. How do you respond? And then he says, use, use X. Roll for initiative, and it, it, it basically plays it almost like it's a Dungeon Dragon type game. So it's That's not, so. It's obviously not Skyrim technically, but it plays by the, like in the Skyrim world kind of. So, but it exists. There's an Alexa Skyrim port. That's amazing. That's like a cool like not to kind of change the subject. But like that would be so cool for like accessibility. Like yeah, you can talk to the game. Like that would be amazing. I mean, yeah. that would just be. Why is no one funding this? What the hell? <laughs> Why are we not funding? Uh, you were going to say something earlier. I yeah, what I will say about this is that I I do think that if you are like, it, I do blame Microsoft for this. Um, I don't. I agree with Kelly that you know Bethesda is not the same as Activision Blizzard, but at the same time, Bethesda is a noted company, and I do feel like the biggest issue with this isn't even. I don't think that the biggest issue is that they did it. I think the biggest issue is that they like Microsoft has not told Bethesda like up front that this is what's happening i think it's because the deals have all been so like backhanded and messy and like oh activision's better than you guys so they get to do this but you're being told that you can't do it like i think that's kind of just like it, it, it's low-key i don't want to use the word demeaning but imagine like if i hired both of you and i'm like all right well kelly you're so great that you can work here and also go work somewhere else but brandon i need you here 24 7 you cannot yeah, work anywhere else because I said so. A, and Brandon, I don't tell you that Kelly's working elsewhere. You find out later on by some journalists that Kelly's got two other jobs and I'm allowing her to do that. And you're like, why is it that she gets to do it and I don't? And why didn't you tell oh, me? Why is this allowing me to work more? No. <laughs> okay, bad example. But like, I understand the frustration there because if you yeah. bought my company and I was working on, on like, I'm working on bringing my games to PlayStation, then you tell me I can't, and then I find out later on that 
these people can? Like, why couldn't I? Like, what? And I, what is the purpose of your exclusivity that's going to do anything but not allow more players to play this game? And put it on exactly. Game Pass so I'm making less money because people aren't buying it. It's going straight to Game Pass. What am I benefiting from this? Not to mention, Bethesda would have no, would have, would have, wouldn't have had, had any reason to think that, um, you know, if you're bought by, you know, a, a Microsoft in this case, um, of course the assumption would be that, well, I guess all the games are just going to be an Xbox exclusive. No, now. it because wouldn't. They, I disagree. Well, no, no, well, well hold, hold on. Let me tell you why I think that, though. Because, you know, we, we said this when this, origi- when this original acquisition happened that, you know, Microsoft was buying all these companies and the assumption was that, oh, are they going to be only Xbox games now or PC? If I'm a Bethesda, I may, I may think that as well because why else would they spend all this money to buy my company if it's not going to go everywhere, right? I think my, the example I always think about is uh, obviously it's a lot smaller scale, but Bayonetta. Because Bayonetta 1 happened. It was multi-platform. They wanted to make a sequel. No one was giving them money for it. Nintendo was the only one that bet. And so, so Nintendo funded Bayonetta 2, which is why it was a Wii U exclusive at the time. People complained, but Nintendo literally funded that game's development, which is why it, was, why it is still a Nintendo exclusive. So if you look at an example like that, then you may assume the same. So the fact that Microsoft was, <laughs> and I use this in very much air quotes, being magnanimous enough to let their games that they pay for go on other platforms is in itself kind of a big deal. And for a lot of the developers, that just doesn't seem to be the case. Obviously, we're talking about the double standard here. But, uh, yeah, continue. I disagree with you because one thing that usually happens, like, we're still waiting for it, but we already know that Final Fantasy VII Remake is eventually going to come to Xbox. We don't know how long it's going to take, but we know it's eventually coming. It's not going to stay a PlayStation exclusive forever. Yes, Sony paid to um, help get it developed. And they're going to bring it to PC. And eventually it's going to come to Xbox. I mean, you can look at things like Persona. Same thing. Persona 5 wasn't a PlayStation exclusive. Then it came to Xbox. It finally came to Switch. um, Because these companies aren't owned. Like, it's not... Like, I don't see it as the... I don't see it as the Bayonetta example that you gave for companies that aren't owned. Um, But also for companies that are owned... Uh, Arcane already came out and said, "Hey, we were told to stop production on this on this game, meaning that when they were purchased, they didn't think that it was going to be a situation where they had to just scrap and not make games for other companies." I'm sure right, when they, they were purchased, the they exactly. So there's no reason to think that oh, since this since my company has been purchased, I'm not going to be able to put games out anywhere else. There's absolutely no reason to think that unless Xbox tells you that. And apparently Xbox didn't tell them that when they purchased them. And I certainly wouldn't have gone as far as to say that if behind behind closed doors this game was slated for this system, that they would be told to, like, not go forward with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Starfield was originally a PS5 exclusive and then Microsoft buys them, you would think that the only, you know, consequence of that would be, okay, now it's also coming to Xbox, but it's still coming to PS5. I think that was was all of our assumptions that, you know, whatever was still being made for the systems would still come out for said systems. And then maybe only future games would be the Xbox PC exclusive. But that clearly isn't the case. Mm -hmm. If Starfield got completely moved and not expanded in this this case. Just like Redfall. That's what I'm saying. Redfall too. Yeah, Redfall is another example of that. That got 
switched to Xbox, not expanded to Xbox. And that's why I'm saying I don't agree. Because just because your company was purchased doesn't mean that, like you said, it could have been a situation where... Um, what was Arcane's last game that was PlayStation exclusive that then came to Xbox when they Death bought Loop. them? But it, yeah, like it could have been a Death Loop situation. There's no reason that it still can't be a Death Loop situation. It can't be a Final Fantasy VII remake situation. Like those things can happen. Xbox decided to, after purchasing them, Microsoft decided to, after purchasing them, not make it happen that way. Because mm-hmm. I could be like, hey, yes, purchase my company so that you can ma- help me make the games that I want to make for gamers. Because that's the whole point. Like, the whole point is to, for us to use and share resources to make the best gaming to help you get our games on Game Pass. But also to have them elsewhere. So it does, make me, it does make me wonder, though, given that all this happened, if... Um, do they... Like, okay, these... Dev- Redfall, um, Starfield... These games were obviously in development. We 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 beat that nail to death that they were in development for these other systems. What I'm wondering is, did Microsoft fund to get these? Like, let's say they were let's let's just throw out a number. Let's say they were like sixty percent done. Did Microsoft fund the extra forty percent for these games to reach the finish line, and that's why they had much say, or is it just because they are owned they or rather they own the companies? that they can say that even if they don't necessarily put the funding in themselves. That's what I'm wondering. So I think it's, I obviously don't have like concrete information for you, but I think it is the latter only because of the situation with um, Redfall, right? Mm -hmm. Because they had done it. They were like, we were in the middle of developing this game. And then we had to scrap all scrap everything that we had developed. But then also Phil Spencer came out later and was like, we didn't provide them the resources that they needed to make this game mm. work when it first came out. We didn't we work with them the way game. we were supposed to. So it's yeah. like you didn't you bought them and you didn't even give them like the resources yeah. you're supposed to when you purchased them. And that's literally the worst case scenario. Redfall is the worst case scenario because yeah. They used it. They used their the, the the fact that they bought them to dictate where this was coming from without giving the resources, and that was the whole thing this that we is, said. That was the whole exactly. thing. I was like, okay, okay, it's coming on less platforms. But hey, now they have Microsoft funding to and um didn't even get these. They didn't do it. They didn't. They didn't give them the funding to help the game either come out faster or come out more polished. None of that. It's just like, and nah, then they had to come out and apologize. Stay. Yeah. He literally had to come out and say, you know, this is our fault because we didn't. We didn't give do them what we said we we're gonna do. That yeah. they we're supposed to get. So, yeah. like, no. <laughs> I think that, yeah. Does that answer your question? I, more or less, <laughs> and, and, and it, it, it answers my question for, as far as Redfall. We're gonna have to wait for Starfield to come out to see if it's the case for that as well. But uh, if that game has been in development for as long as it is, I don't know. I don't know if, how, how much money Microsoft would have put into this game. Well, I guess we'll see. But I don't, we'll find we'll find out soon if it's a <laughs> if it's a typical Bethesda joint or if it feels like it has the Microsoft money behind it. We'll see. Like soon. if you think of stuff like Fallout, it's come to every platform. So to yes. just think that Starfield is just now going to be an Xbox exclusive, knowing that it was being worked on for PlayStation and knowing. That this probably literally could have just been Microsoft being like, no, like it's just like, mm-hmm. what what are y'all doing? Anyway, I'm gonna end this podcast with uh, uh, an email from um, Matt Booty to Tim Stewart, um, and they were talking about uh, Sony, and uh, yeah, well, we can discuss it really quickly, and then we'll be out of here. Cool. Uh, this email reads. 
thanks for sharing. A lot to digest here. Uh, a different view to the general view below might be that we, Microsoft, are in a very unique position to be able to go spend Sony out of business. If we think that the video game content matters in 10 years, we might look back and say, totally would have been worth it to lose $2 billion or $3 billion in 2020 to avoid a situation where Tencent, Google, Amazon, or even Sony have become the Disney of games and own most of the valuable content. For example, it is practically impossible for anyone to start a new video streaming service at scale at this point. What content do you base it on? Things like Hulu and CBS All Access will be trivial players in the space. In games, Google is three to four years away from being able to have a studio up and running. Amazon has shown no ability to execute on game content. Still haven't. Uh, content is one of the moat that we have in terms of catalog that runs on current devices and capability to create new. Sony is really only the other player who could compete with Game Pass, and we have a two-year and 10 million subscription lead. If we reverse course on day and date, it's going to be hard to convince folks that things like Mixer or xCloud could have much of a chance of surviving scrutiny either. This whole thing was, um, uh, the, the brunt of that was just them talking about how they could attempt to spend Sony out of business. And a lot of people have just taken that and been like, wow, so you guys are complaining about your your place in gaming because Phil Spencer has already came out and said that they've lost the console wars. Like Xbox has officially said we've lost the console war console wars. Like we're no longer in it and you're upset, but yet two, three years ago, your company was talking about trying to buy PlayStation Sony out. And now you're mad that like you can't. <laughs> like So this yeah. has just been um, one of those like, to be fair, the email is like three and a half years old um, for, for what that's worth. Um, but the the biggest thing is that Microsoft kept trying to, or they keep trying to, during the FTC conversation, say that like Sony's the biggest competitor. We can't, we can't stand up against them. There's nothing we can do. And three years ago, you literally thought you could out buy them. Like it mm -hmm. wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Phil Spencer did go on to say that the console wars is a social construct. Sony's already won that game. Um, and they still are going back and forth on this. So we still have no definitive answer of what's going to come next. But I can tell you guys what's going to come next here. What's coming up next? Um, Nintendo has promised a smooth transition to the next console with your Nintendo account. But we won't be talking about it tonight because it's time for us to go. Damn. <laughs> so it's coming up next time, next week, where we can discuss, um, you Is know, this what first that means. Podcast cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to discuss what that means. What does it mean that that Nintendo said that you can you're gonna have a smooth transition to the next console with your Nintendo account? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Does it mean? Find out next week. Does it mean that the platform is imminent? Is it coming? Does it finally mean we're getting a Switch successor soon? I say in quotes. Does it mean we're going to be stuck with the shitty Nintendo accounts that we have right now that don't let us add friends without pay making really fucking weird and long numbers and letters that you got to put together? Does it mean it's going to be easier? Does it mean it's going to be harder? Does it mean we can add more people to our friend group? Does it mean they're going to charge us more money on this next console? Who? knows find out next week on monday when we stream the podcast but before we go though 
I gotta read this comment on chat. First off, the user is called Hepatitis Lord. <laughs> and his comment is just ate some scented markers and that shit was gas. Anyways, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently scented markers are good. Hey, hey, Kelly endorsed Coca-Cola coffee early on this podcast. Maybe scented markers are in fact gas. Listen. I don't endorse nobody eating no scented markers. Don't do that to yourself. Don't go and be like, I heard it on a stream and I started eating scented. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't, 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 don't do these things. <laughs> like, no, stop. Go, go play video games instead. Like, all right, I'll go play Final Fantasy. <laughs> Please, and yes, go play Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes. Don't don't like eat mar- like what Brandon? Why did you even read that? <laughs> like, I thought it was funny. Like, I don't want that here. I'm not endorsing people. So, okay, good night, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.